I first started running about 15 years ago as a way to quit smoking. Back then, my running clothes were very Rocky Balboa, so sweatpants, sweatshirt. Anyone who goes hiking or trail running knows that it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when you're wearing the right gear. Jonji makes performance apparel that'll take you farther on your runs and hikes. They have this merino wool hoodie that I wore on multiple trail runs this weekend. It's soft, it's warm, and most importantly, it does not get stinky when you get stinky. Another reason to love Jonji is that they donate 2% of all sales towards clean water projects, raising nearly $1 million so far. Head to Jonji.com to find your new favorite trail wear, outdoors accessories, and essentials. And use the code OUTSIDE for 10% off at Jonji.com. That's J-A-N-J-I.com with the code OUTSIDE for 10% off. When I was a little kid, my whole family, grandparents included, packed into a Dodge Caravan and went on a two-week road trip to Wyoming. We saw the rodeo in Cody, a grizzly bear in Yellowstone National Park, and an epic thunderstorm near Devil's Tower. On that trip, I fell in love with the West and the natural world. This might sound cheesy, but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Should I just stick uh, them up here? Yeah, put your feet up there. Oh my oh gosh. My Jesus. Man, that is disturbing. Hey folks, Outside In host Sam Evans-Brown here. People like having their feet on display, like flip-flops make me uncomfortable, you know? So this is like magnified version of that. But they're, but they're not, your feet aren't on display. That's the but irony. Are, but it's like, it, they, they are look though. It's just like, like I, feet. I know where your toes are. And they look like robot me... feet, but they're feet. And I'm producer Jimmy Gutierrez. To me, it was like, the, it was a, it's a more practical thing. It's like, I don't think they do what they say they do. And this is senior producer Taylor Quimby. So if you were even a casual runner in 2010, there's no way that you didn't hear a version of this story. Should we say goodbye to the thick padded running sneakers and hello to these funny looking shoes? They feel lighter. I've, I really feel like my, my turnover, my feet is faster. It's easier to get up hills. The barefoot running movement was a certifiable fitness craze. And the symbol of this revolution was the Vibram Five Fingers, which you may remember as the infamous toe shoes, which I have been running in since 2009. In fact, I have them on right now. So gross. Harvard researchers studied barefoot runners in Kenya and found the intensity of impact is three times less than with conventional running uh, these shoes. These are maybe a health do. Kind of a fashion don't, though. I, <laughs> I think they're kind of cool. But in just a couple short years, this trend that had taken the running world by storm was hardly more than a footprint in the sand. Worse, it was treated like a big scam. The company announcing it will be issuing refunds after settling a $3.75 million class action lawsuit. They said that they were supposed to be, be better for your feet. They actually hurt my feet a little bit. They were always a crime against fashion, and now you can sue them. 
because they don't actually work. Since then, people have treated my decision to stick by these shoes with a mixture of disgust and bewilderment. But I am sick of having to defend that choice. Today on Outside In, the rise and fall of a fitness fad, and how the once mighty trend of barefoot running was brought down by its own popularity. By the way, if you haven't seen a pair, Google Vibram Five Fingers, and this whole story will make way more sense. I don't think people hate Vibrams. I think that people just don't take them seriously. Oh, that's not even a question. People hate Vibrams so viscerally and instinctively. I will say that for a lot of people, they probably just hate them the same way people hate like Crocs or PT Cruisers, which, you know, it's not about like how they perform. It's just about how they look. I think it is definitely true that Crocs are the PT Cruisers of feet. (laughs) I don't have the psychological insight to figure out what it is about naked feet, which just freak people out. So this is Christopher McDougall, his 2009 book, Born to Run. It was sort of like the barefoot running Bible. You know, I'd be running down the street in bare feet and people just roll down their windows and go berserk out their windows like mad dogs. Like, yeah, forgot your shoes. Put your shoes on. Like, dude, it's not my penis. These are just my toes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely some sort of like anti-foot fetish thing going on here. But for some people, the hatred of Vibrams goes way deeper than just looks. And here's a little evidence to prove it. So in 2014, Vibram settled this class action lawsuit for deceptive marketing. It wasn't an admission of guilt, but they agreed not to say that the shoes will strengthen your feet or help prevent injuries anymore. Basically, there's science that goes both ways on that stuff, so they they couldn't totally back up their claims. But regardless, these are some of the headlines that came out after that settlement. (laughs) Forget about how ugly they are. These five-finger running shoes are actually terrible for your feet. Science comma, legal system confirm barefoot shoes are bullshit. Five finger makers will pay millions to suckers who bought their shoes. <laughs> that is so stupid. So that last one, the, the suckers one, that was written by John Gugela for the website Deadspin. And it starts like this. The favorite toe shoe of vegan restaurant servers and 55-year-old men with ponytails has settled a class action lawsuit brought against it by what sounds like every person Whoever wore its foot condoms. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, a bit of a derisive tone there. Well, I talked to John a little bit about, you know, maybe why he felt that way. And it turns out that he used to work at a running store. And he says that the customers who wanted Vibrams were routinely a huge pain in the butt. um, Because fitting people for these shoes is sort of difficult and different than other shoes. No one ever wants to contrast them with a normal shoe, at least around that time. Most of the people wouldn't end up actually buying them. It's never really, you know, runners either. It's just kind of these, you know, stranger people. What they were was a bunch of know-it-alls who didn't run, um, but had read this book, Born to Run. People would read that and then they would take that as gospel. And I think part of it was based in ego, too. You know, you, you've worked at a running store, so you think you know more than the average person about running. And when people, you know, try to call you on that based on a book that they read, your ego gets hurt. And so you maybe take that out on um, a helpless product like Vibram Five Fingers. So, to recap, some people just can't stand them because of the toe thing. Some people in the running industry couldn't... Sorry uh, sorry to interrupt, but I I think you're just kind of... You're brushing over the importance of Born to Run. Like, if this fad took off 
largely based on the influence of this book, then maybe you should you should reframe the intro of this story to talk about the book. Yeah, I don't even know what it's about. Oh, come on, you want me to like what start over again? Trust me, this will this will help the story. All right. Okay. Should I just stick them up here? Yeah, put your feet up there. Oh my oh, gosh, wow. Jesus. So if you were even a casual runner in 2010, there's no way that you didn't hear a version of this story. Should we say goodbye to the thick padded running sneakers and hello to these funny looking shoes? The barefoot running movement was a certifiable fitness craze, kicked off by Christopher McDougall's 2009 New York Times bestseller, Born to Run. Uh, I think the best designed footwear was turned out about 10,000 years ago and has not changed ever since. The difficulty and the, the trend, the real trend in footwear has been these structured running shoes because they're the, they're the new innovation. They're the brand new kid on the block. It's only very affluent societies where we can afford to buy this junk, which has absolutely no science behind it, and put it on our feet and assume like this is the best way. Today on Outside In, the rise and fall of a fitness fad and how the once mighty trend of barefoot running was brought down by the same book that created it in the first place. Okay, so Born to Run is about is about what? Like how sneakers are, uh, are they like a government conspiracy or something? <laughs> no, no. This is really just like an adventure story about a bunch of ultra runners. But... I mean, to your point, McDougal does propose this theory that our feet are naturally designed to absorb the shock of running, but that thick cushioned sneakers have allowed modern runners to run so badly and land on their heels that that may be causing all of the running injuries that uh, American runners especially experience today. Um, when things go wrong with the human foot, it's because we strap on these crazy inventions by mad scientists and um, and to think that they're actually going to improve what our foot has naturally evolved to do. So has McDougal changed his tune at all since Vibram's settled the lawsuit? No, not not at all. If anything, he's more convinced than he was before he was writing the book. Um, But he does make this effort, I think, to distance his own ideas about barefoot running from the people who bought into the trend, especially after his book came out. Do you think that, you know, looking back, that people have either interpreted some of the ideas you put forward in Born to Run maybe differently than you intended them? Absolutely, yeah. And here's the situation. Um, The overwhelming majority of people, I believe, when they decided to get into barefoot running, didn't do it barefoot. They first went out and bought a product. And they made the same mistake that people have always made with these running shoes, which is the belief that the shoe will do the job for them. And ultimately, the message of Born to Run all along has been, you do the job for yourself. And so you, right now, you're, you want to defend these people. No, I want to defend the shoe. But you admit that the people who wear these shoes are obnoxious. Yes, whatever. I mean, lots of people who jump on trends are obnoxious. <laughs> but, you know, you want to talk about obnoxious. John Gugela, the same guy who crapped all over Vibrams after the lawsuit, he totally bought into this fad. Have you ever tried him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it feels awesome. Anyone that's not tried it should because it feels amazing. Um, but then, of course, it's like, you know, quite a lot of people. And I think the result of the lawsuit, I'm, I got injured. So, yeah, that's so he he likes them, but they hurt, but they injured. Him. Yeah, everyone should try them. But they're also for suckers. Isn't that why they lost their lawsuit? No, 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 no. no. They didn't lose the lawsuit. The, the settlement didn't prove that the shoes were bad for your feet. It just said that the company couldn't prove that they were good for your feet. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> 
<laughs> they drive you nuts, don't they? Dude, I've been arguing about this for seven years. John was the one who just like tried it for I a think, half okay, second. Okay, all right, hang on. Okay, I think you need to go back. If the science is what people are are getting confused about when it comes to this stuff, then maybe that that's more important than the Born to Run connection. But that's, I was going to get to the science before the first time that you stopped me. I think maybe you need to explain the difference between the barefoot running and what minimalism is. Yeah, I mean, I have I, that's confusing. I don't even know what that is. All right, defend your foot condom. <laughs> Today on Outside In, the rise and fall of a fitness fad, and how the once mighty trend of barefoot running was brought down by the same sorts of science that helped create it in the first place. And also the difference between barefoot running and minimalism. So I'm going to start this story in 2003 with a runner named Camille Heron. Yeah. Hi, hi. this is Taylor. How's it going? Um, Camille, by the way, is a two-time world champion for 50K and 100K. I've also won 20 marathons. I've made the Olympic marathon trials three times. And she's represented the U.S. at world-class events three times as well. So I would say she's a pretty badass runner. Better ass than anybody here. Yeah, so when I decided to try the whole minimalism thing, I don't think even minimalism was a term at the time. So back in 2003, um, she's in school. She's taking physics and kinesiology. kinesiology. And uh, I had heard about the Africans growing, growing up, up running, running around, around barefoot. barefoot. You know, with what I was learning in my coursework, it totally made sense that, you know, if you run around barefoot, uh, it makes your feet stronger and less likely to get injured. She, like a majority of American runners, was getting injured again and again and again. I'd had a lot of stress fractures in my feet and stress fractures in my femurs. So one day she ditches her trainers, she gets rid of her orthotic inserts, all that stuff, and she starts running exclusively in racing flats, which Sam are. So, yeah, so I'm not a huge runner, but my understanding of what a racing flat is is it's basically a shoe with, like, zero padding, basically just a sole with a way to keep it on your foot, and uh, and it's like the lightest shoe imaginable. Exactly. And so this is what you might call minimalism. It's what actually a lot of runners already do when they're racing. They wear racing flats. And then in 2004, Camille starts training barefoot. And uh, everybody's kind of looking at me running around at the grass fields, you know, without my shoes. And they're like, what is she doing? <laughs> Obviously, this is barefoot running. Yeah, and then my, my running just kind of took off from there. So I knew I was on to something. <laughs> so back when Camille was starting out barefoot running, there really wasn't any science on it. But by the time that Born to Run came out, there was a small but growing amount of evidence to support that running on the balls of your feet, the way that barefoot runners do, that that will lower your risk of certain types of injuries. Did she wear Vibrams? Vibrams? She tried them, but she wasn't super into it. So there are there for people who don't want to win races, don't want to toughen their feet to really be a badass. Why does it have to be an either or? See, this is the exact <laughs> problem. It's like both Vibrams and racing flats are working off the same premise. They're they're you know not heavily cushioned. Do you guys even want to hear about the science? It's just sound sound more like a running magazine, less of a podcast about the outdoors, that's all. Is there a quick version of this? All right. Um, Okay. So this is Dr. Roth. He's an orthopedic sports medicine surgeon. That's a handful. I mean, you might be able to just go with the orthopedic surgeon. The way I look at it is it's not so much what you're wearing on your feet, it's just how you run. Roth says that studies show that people who run barefoot style that is land on the balls at the middle of their feet, 
see fewer leg and knee injuries than people who land sneaker style on their heel. Uh, patellofemoral pain, tibial stress fractures. Uh, however, they might also see more injuries to the ankle and foot. Stress fractures in the foot, puncture wounds, um, Achilles tendonitis. Yeah, that's for sure some running magazine type stuff right there. Okay, I'm almost done. So in the aggregate, uh, you know, if you look at the big picture, we can't say that there are necessarily fewer injuries running barefoot style, just different injuries. Personally, though, if you have chronic knee pain, then maybe you should change your form. Do you know what I mean? Does this belong in the story? I mean, I really like just hating on the shoe just because yeah, socks feel, for life. I actually feel like that might <laughs> like we're so far off track here. Uh, maybe we should just start over again. Like maybe you should just go with the marketing angle. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, Nate here. Have you ever dreamed of going on the voyages of some of the most famous and not-so-famous explorers in history? If so, then you should check out the Explorers podcast. Host Matt Breen takes you into jungles and frigid wastelands, across deserts and oceans, and to the top of great mountains as you explore the triumph, glory, and tragedy of each explorer. There are extraordinary stories of Shackleton, Magellan, Cook, Lewis and Clark, and so many other daring people from all across the world and from throughout history. Each explorer's story is told in rich, immersive detail. And each topic is given as much time as needed to tell the whole tale, ranging from 30 minutes to 10 hours. There's something for everyone. Find the Explorers Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or go to explorerspodcast.com to learn more. Today on Outside In, the rise and fall of a fitness fad and how the once mighty trend of barefoot running was brought down by the same marketing that lifted it up in the first place. Okay, so remember, Vibram settled the lawsuit in 2014, and all these hateful stories were written about it, saying science had proven the shoes were bullshit. But of course, that's not true at all. It's not that the science had proven them wrong, it's just that it hadn't proven them right. Um, if Vibram was guilty of one thing, it was actually truly believing in their product. Do you think we need to re-ID McDougal? No, I don't. They truly believed that a minimalist shoe would lead to greater athleticism and fewer injuries. Except the science at that point couldn't substantiate that that marketing point. So, so I actually went and spoke to uh, the Vibram USA CEO Mike John Frito, and I still got the sense that he still believes in the science behind barefoot running, even if if he can't say it on a brochure. Uh, you know, there are numerous studies that have been done that support what uh, what was said before, but rather than uh, you know cite ten studies that that show and support what we believe are in fact the claims, uh, and and if we leave out one study that has a different opinion of this. 
um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we want to be careful about how we, uh, you know, how we present this, um, yeah. you know, to the marketplace. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you can catch him. He's totally watching what he says right there in that song. Exactly, right? exactly. He, like, starts saying what he believes, and then he turns on CEO mode and is like, okay, I guess we just have to be careful. So now... That's exactly what Vibrams is doing, which is to say they're doing what every other shoe company does. If you look at advertising for running shoes, they don't promise anything. If you ask Nike, what does this $150 shoe do? They won't answer that question because there's no evidence that running shoes do a damn thing. But, I mean, isn't that, isn't that good? Don't you think it's a responsible thing for companies to do, and maybe even for writers like McDougal to do, to not mislead gullible consumers into buying something, making them think that it will miraculously make them a better runner? That's what the Deadspin writer said, you know, that the problem with Born to Run and Vibrams both was that they were offering consumers this silver bullet for running injuries and, you know, increasing performance. Because everyone wants to just get there faster, you know? There's there's no shortcut. It's just solid work. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's all just bullshit. And I agree that would be bad. But keep in mind, Christopher McDougall wasn't peddling a shoe. Ultimately, the message of Born to Run all along has been, you do the job for yourself. And as for the five fingers, like I personally don't think that their marketing was half as deceptive as people remember it. Now, remember, the first model came out years before Born to Run. It wasn't marketed as a running shoe at all. It was runners who adopted the toe shoes in the first place and then rejected them when other people caught on. And, you know, Vibrams, they just jumped on a bandwagon that any company in their situation would have. So personally, when I look at how the message of Born to Run got simplified, then distorted, and then spread to the public, I think the media is probably the biggest culprit. Oh, oh, so it's our fault. You know what? It is. It is our fault. And that should, that's what the focus of this episode should have been the whole time. I don't know why I keep listening to you guys. Today on Outside In, the rise and fall of a fitness fad and why it's totally the media's fault. Wait, totally, everybody? You think every article you read about barefoot running was equally misleading? Okay, well, not all of them were equally misleading. I mean, TV news definitely did this, like, oh, look, these weirdos are running around in toe shoes kind of thing. But I also think that if you look at the articles, even the running magazines, they pose this question. Is this the next big thing? Should we say goodbye to the thick padded running sneakers and hello to these funny looking shoes? And even if in the article there's more depth, there's more information, and it presents two sides, you're starting to create a narrative that feeds into this trend that everybody jumps on without doing the due diligence for themselves. They said that they were supposed to be better for your feet. They actually hurt my feet a little bit. And then... A couple years later, when it turns out that this lawsuit comes around, then the media overcorrects and they shut it down so thoroughly that they also do another misleading bad job of saying this is the end of minimalism. The favorite toe shoe of vegan restaurant servers and 55-year-old men with ponytails. John's article, for example, was one of definitely the most accurate takedowns that I read. But even then, he still said, and I quote, science has discovered that barefoot running can really f*** you up, (laughs) which is totally misleading. It's just as misleading as the claims that Vibra made in the first place. Really? Like, equally as misleading? Yes! Yes! How is that not equally misleading? He's making a blanket statement that's totally This is Outside In, a show about the natural world and how we use it. I'm executive producer Maureen McMurray. Maureen? Yeah, I'm I'm just, sorry, I'm just trying to get this thing back on track. I feel like Taylor's kind of losing it. Uh, yeah. Today on the show, the rise and fall of a fitness fad and how Taylor Quimby wound up wearing these super ugly shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank <laughs> <laughs> 
So what is this story? This story is the argument that I've been having for the past seven years. Now, I get that when you wear something that looks different, it's like having a visible tattoo. Sometimes curious people are going to ask you about it. I can live with that even if occasionally I find it annoying. But I'm sick of having to defend toe shoes as though it's an either-or scenario. Like so many people in the media, in conversations I've had, they treat the issue as though only one form of running or athletic footwear can win out. And that is just a fallacy. Cue thoughtful wrap-up music. People are different. And even when we're talking about one group, runners, we're really talking about like lots of different groups, each with its own reason for choosing the footwear that they do. There are the top-tier runners. You know, there's a little bit of pressure there to, to wear whatever your shoe sponsor is. There are serious runners who train for big races, who read the magazines, who are dedicated, but let's face it, will never win a big race. There's no shortcut. It's just solid work. And then there are recreational runners who do it maybe just to stay fit and do the occasional charity 5K. I mean, let's be frank, most of the footwear that's made is used for athleisure, uh, casual applications versus uh, running or athletics. And then I guess there's McDougal and all the barefoot folks for whom running is less of a sport and maybe more of like a life philosophy. You ask those guys about um, the marathon time, they kind of shrug. They don't really know. They don't care. They are very smooth, but they're not competitive. They just don't care. This is what all the endless debates about hype, about marketing, about science, this is what all that stuff misses. That one of the most important part of footwear is just personal preference. And that's something that you can actually get an elite runner, a shoe executive, and an orthopedic surgeon to agree on. You know, there's not one item that's uh, perfect for everyone, and, and I would agree with that. I think universal panaceas are really non-existent. What may work for one person may not work for another. Really, you know, it just comes down to trying the shoes and figuring out what's comfortable for you and, and the, the way you run. So that's it. Do you feel this every day? Every like every time you wear those shoes every and go outside, you do you feel this? Well, I'll tell you. So this weekend, I hiked a mountain, and on my way up, a woman walking down, as she passed, said, "Ugh, don't those hurt your feet?" And she didn't like stop. Like this wasn't a genuine question. This was like commentary as she walked by. Yeah, I just, I just feel like I've had too many conversations about this, and I'm just sick of it. Like I don't want to have to have any more conversations about this. Well, like let's think of like like if you saw someone walking around in like ballerina toe shoes. And she was just like towing it down Main Street, Concord. That's a totally different question. That's, well, so w- that's an out no, of place not. question. Not at all that's because like, because these are toe shoes. They're out of place. Like like seeing toes is out of place oh always. God. It always see. And this is this is the most ridiculous thing is that it really does come back to the fact that people think they're weird looking. Yes. Yeah. Because I had I mean I had no idea about any sort of barefoot or minimalism point of it. So it just does. I thought that was a pretty good example because they always seem out of place. Did you guys not learn anything, anything in this story? If I saw someone wearing uh, swimming flippers walking down the street, I would also gawk at that. But, like, people don't question whether or not swimming flippers.
Outside In was produced this week by Taylor Quimby with help from Maureen McMurray, Jimmy Gutierrez, Molly Donahue, Logan Shannon, and me, Sam Evans-Brown. Special thanks to Natasha Haverty and Rebecca Lavoie, and apologies to all the people that are sick of barefoot running stories. There is a 99% chance this was the only one for Outside In. I guess you can probably see pictures of Taylor's feet online if you're into that sort of thing. It's at outsideinradio.org. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. And Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. Okay, Taylor, so you feel better having that off your chest? Well, it, it feels good to be done with the story. Jeez. But, but no, is this the end of this? No. I mean, I wish it was. This is your beat now. <laughs> <laughs> Worst beat ever. <laughs> the feet beat. <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> sing it. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.